Hey everyone, welcome back to Reality 2.0. I'm Katherine Druckmann. I am joined by Doc Searles. And we have a few privacy-related things to talk about. We're going to talk quite a bit about Apple and mobile devices in general. Um, but before we get started, I wanted to thank the Patreon patrons. And I wanted to remind everyone to visit reality2cast.com to check out what we have going over there. You can sign up for our newsletter, which we send out weekly, or except when we skip a week, which happened once or twice. But mostly we send it out weekly, and it's got some good stuff in it. So yeah, so with that, Doc, so you wrote a blog post pretty recently. Yeah. I think it was today or yesterday. Yeah, so and- on, yeah. Yeah, on the last show, we I think it was just after Apple came out with this ad, which is getting a lot of circulation. Um, uh, it's a, it's an ad with a, where a guy, a dude named Felix goes into a coffee shop and, um, you know, gives him his name. And then he's followed out of the coffee shop by the barista who then jumps in the cab with him and, and, you know, already knows his birthday and tells the cabbie his birthday. And then everywhere he goes, he acquires these hangers on these, you know, which represent trackers, but other people until by the time he arrives in a waiting room somewhere, he's got you know, like a thousand people following him, like he's the Pied Piper. And then he, you know, and if you watch it two or three times, I actually, you'll, you'll notice that there's a, a soundtrack and the soundtrack is a piece by a, a band called Delta Five from a few years back called Mind Your Own Business, which is somebody keeps saying to the singer, can I lick your ice cream? Can I lick the crumbs from your table? Can I interfere with your crisis? And the chorus keeps saying, no, mind your own business. So while that's going on and, you know, it's very hip kind of modern music. And, and then this guy, Felix, you know, checks his phone and Apple's saying, choose who tracks your information. And, and up comes a thing that says allow, and it's an app, an app, one app, pal about to track your activity across other companies' apps and websites. And he sees ask app not to track and he clicks on it. And when he does all the hangers on, turn into dust, just like, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy or all the heroes in, in the Marvel Universe turn into dust when, you know, Thanos um, gets the last jewel in his ring and snaps his fingers and they all die. So, it, I mean, it's kind of a callback to that because they all turn into dust. And then there's a little one more frame where he says, and, and it says, and who doesn't, but he makes, but then that what last person disappears as well. The clear message is that that guy doesn't want any of these trackers in his life. And Here's the thing. It's not honest. It's not honest because you're going to have, you can't make them, you can't kill them all at once. You can't kill them all at once with that setting defaulted to allow apps to request to track, which if in your iPhone, and if you have an iPhone, I recommend you do this right now. Actually, you can go to my blog and I I have it on there because it's not defaulted. Um, Apple has defaulted it to allow apps to request to track which is basically they're pro-tracking and they're not telling you that. And they, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, you can opt out of all of these. Oh, come on. So allow apps not to track. It's in settings, privacy, tracking. And then there you'll see the setting, allow apps to request to track, turn it off. Because if you do that, that's the way you vaporize all those trackers because they never turn into anything, anything solid. The important fact to me about this is that Apple defaulted it to on. And on top of that, they're saying, ask apps not to track, not tell them, not prevent them, but ask them. And then once you've asked, if you have that on, and I've experimented with a little bit, they give, a, give you a little list of all the ones you've asked not to track. Well, you have that list, but do you know that they're not tracking you? 
do you know anything? You know, you just have this thing that says, you've asked them, how will you be able to tell? Are there any auditing and accounting mechanisms, you know, on your side where that you can look at or an Apple side that's keeping track on this? All they've done is required that, that these companies, you know, respect a request not to track. But it just stinks to me of a, a prior compromise made by Apple with the ad tech industry to, to be able to say that you're actually opting in rather than opting out and by doing it on a one-by-one -one basis and then glossing over that in this, you know, really a dishonest way, I think, by showing this dude blowing, snapping his fingers, as it were, and blowing up all of these trackers at once. And I put this in the blog post. Uh, it's a, if you just actually, if you go to doc.searles.com, you'll, you'll get to the actual longer uh, blog address at, at, at Harvard, um, where, by the way, they don't allow comments. I, they're going to fix it, but I don't know when or how. It's been years. So if you're going to comment on it, do it somewhere else. You can Tweet it, here. blog it. <laughs> we allow comments. Yeah, come here. On the, do it here. On the, on it we'll do it here. That's a great com. place. Yeah. yeah. So, so the only stats on this so far by a company called Flurry, which is a subsidiary of Verizon Media, which is, you know, one of the many ad tech companies. And so they clearly have an interest in erring on the side of people wanting to be tracked. And of course, selling their, you know, their ways around the entire opt-in system that Apple's put in the world. And that in I'm sure a lesser way that Amazon will want to, not Amazon, well, Amazon too, for that matter, but, but uh, that Google will want to. And the short of it is that very few people want the ad and want the tracking, but only about like between two and 5% have done what I suggested earlier, which is go into your settings and turn the whole thing off. And, and that's what they call restricted. That's Flurry, that's this uh, survey company. And they surveyed 2.5 million people, I think on just AT&T. Although they also talked worldwide. I didn't think AT&T was outside the US, but anyway, it's, it's, only, it's only a very few percent that bother to globally opt out of all of it by going in, you know, going four clicks down into settings and turning this off. And Ben Evans, um, Benedict Evans, who has a, a really nice, a good newsletter, he's, uh, he's a thinker who's been a VC and very much an industry guy, though. And I pointed out, I have a long clip in the blog post about what he said about it, is that Apple actually does have an ad system. It's entirely inside their firewall, as it were. I mean, it's, and, and whatever profiling happens actually happens inside your phone. Apple doesn't know about it. It's kind of like if you have an Apple watch and, and it's looking at your heartbeat, it's not looking at your heartbeat. It's not looking at that stuff. It's stuff that you've saved, but it's not, you know, as he points out, it's not too far from that to Apple coming up with some kind of API where they would say, you can advertise into the private spaces here. There, we're not gonna reveal anything, but you can still advertise into people's private spaces because they're basically set up for that. And because on a couple of those stats, the level of refusal to be, to play part of that, to, to, to opt in to being ad, ads, is going up. In other words, um, I have it here. The percentage of mobile app users who allow app tracking among users, users who have chosen to either allow or deny tracking started at 11%, went up to 15% over three weeks since Apple made the change. 
And they look at that as encouraging. I look at that as discouraging. I, I look at that as acquiescence in a way. And, and it's important to realize if you look at what in Europe they call GAFA, which is Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon, three of those four are very much pro-advertising, pro-tracking companies that very much want to follow you everywhere. And that definitely includes Amazon. Uh, are not very privacy oriented. And Apple's the only one that is privacy oriented and they are compromised. And that's sort of my point here. They, they've at least made their deal with the devil here. And I'll just say one more thing before I, I get off the stage here for a second, <laughs> which is that, and forgive me, I've just been on this case pretty much all week, is that what makes this possible, what makes not just the tracking possible, what makes the targeting possible, is something that Apple came up with in 2013 called the IDFA, ID for Advertisers. And according to a piece I found in, from 2013 in Ars, Ars Technica, what happened was that advertisers were actually through their apps on Apple, on, on iOS, targeting directly to your, um, I guess is your IMEI number or your, your unique ID for your phone. In other words, every phone has a, not just a serial number, it's like the VIN number on a, on, a, on a vehicle. And they were targeting directly to that. Apple didn't like that. And instead of saying, no, don't do that, never do it again, we'll kill you if you do. They instead said, I'll tell you what, we'll give you a different number that we're gonna to give to everybody called the IDFA and you can target that, which is really creepy and wrong and awful. And I had thought maybe it came along in Steve Jobs' regime. No, it came along in 2013, which is definitely in Tim Cook's. I don't know if Tim knew about it or not, but that's the crosshairs that they put on you. And Apple can say, well, they don't really know who you are. It's anonymized. Still, it's, it's the crosshairs on your back. And, and of course, you know, um, Amazon has one, I'm sure. And Android, uh, Google's making noises about one already. I forget what it's called. AAID, Android yeah, Advertising Android ID. ID. Yeah. So, and then something called Reveal Mobile calls them together made for uh, mobile advertising IDs. So that's the four letter acronym for what both of those things are. It is, and this, this is where I'll, I kind of climb off the high horse and get on a different one, um, which is that <laughs> um, we have, you know, our frog is so boiled here. I mean, I, I, the, all the meat is off the bones. We're just bones in the bottom of the skillet at this point I, and uh, of the pot. The frog isn't even alive anymore. I, it's, you know, we're, we've been in this world for so long that um, we're fully acquiesced and, and it, uh, to, to a world targeted all the time. It doesn't matter whether or not we have the, the GDPR or the CCP. PA or any of those, they're not going to save us. They're, there's too much money. The incentives are too high to advertise at us. And on top of that, structurally we're screwed because the cookie and it, it is, you know, it, it is also part of this. I, I did a piece called, um, and I think we talked about this last week, that the cookie was a poison pill for the, for the web itself. And we took in 2014. It's, uh, you know, what is, yeah, how the cookie poisoned the web. And, and that's, that's the problem. As long as we're carrying around cookies, as long as we're carrying around files shoved into our machines for the convenience of servers, and we're stuck in client server, we are never going to leave this world. We need, we, it's, it's not fixable in, in those terms. And 
And almost all the arguments we have are inside of that world. It's kind of like arguing about the feudal system from inside the feudal system. We haven't thought up democracy yet. <laughs> we haven't thought up being, being totally free of, of living in all these castles. It's a feudal system and we need another one. And we can save that for another, for another show, but um, I'm working on one. So that's basically so it because I've given up on this one. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. I can rag on it, but understandable. I'm understandable. Yeah. <laughs> so, what I getting back to the Apple ad, which was kind of funny. Um, so, so just to give credit where credit is due, I think you were talking about these things, you know, before they were cool, right? Well, before we even started talking about them here on this podcast, which was in I think it 2018. And you know, again, last time I, I I mentioned that if you had gone back and listened to our first episode, you know, it, it might sound like. A, somebody took it and thought, well, wow, that, that's a great product idea to actually put a physical yeah, tracker wow. on everybody. And, um, and, and which has materialized with the AirTag, which again, we, we've mentioned the last couple of episodes. But so how do those things coexist, right? You, on one hand, you, you could argue that somebody listened to our first episode and said, great product idea, let's make it happen. Um, and, and, and that is to actually stick a physical tracker on people's shirt and, and measure which stores they go into. And, and uh, yeah. well, that's what your phone does more than the AirTag. But, but at the same time, you have this marketing message that Apple is sending out that, that it is, it's preventing that. So how do those things coexist? And that's kind of a, a funny idea, right? Because you, know, you can't necessarily have it both. You can't have it both ways. You can't Put yourself out there that 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 Apple as a device is going to save you from all these anthropomorphized, you know, human trackers following you around that you'll instantly be able to poof, poof into smoke. While at the same time, clearly not following up on that message. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's interesting to think I, about. But again, you know, and just, as somebody who's been talking about these things for many years at this point, I mean, yeah, like, if you've come to the conclusion that we're all just boiled. I yeah, yeah, yeah we're, word, we're, but we're we're boiled. Um, family show. It's uh, well, a, a couple of things. One is, I think they can coexist. To your point there, that because as Craig Burton, who would make a great guest, I should wish to have him on, uh, said years ago that every large company is what he calls a thousand tornadoes, and that goes back to the '80s when he was at Novell and making Novell, uh, you know, a major player, and they were competing with Microsoft and. And remember then he pointed out to me that Microsoft's not one company, Microsoft's a whole bunch of companies. And, and each, one is, each one is a tornado and you're dealing with all these tornadoes. And I, I think there's a tornado that was in, that's an advertising tornado and inside Apple and there's a privacy tornado and, and there's, you know, there's a tornado for every one of their devices. You know, there's one for the Macs and there's one for, you know, for Mac OS, there's one for iOS and there's, you know, one's for hardware. And certainly there was a fight that went on inside, you know, and, as they transition from Intel to, you know, to ARM and all that stuff. I, large companies are just full of ironies just anyway. And I think Apple is doing a commendable job of, of, of being, a, being the closest thing we have to a privacy giant, uh, but it's still a feudal system. It's totally feudal. And I mean, it's totally, you gotta live in our castle. We'll take care of things for you. There are things we'll let you see and things we don't. I was actually on a phone with Apple Care yesterday. I actually called them up specifically to to get the the the, the best answer I could as to whether or not the um, that privacy setting was defaulted on or off with, say, a new iPhone. You get a new iPhone, it hasn't been 
configured yet, is that setting on? And it is. In other words, it's it's on, so you have to. They call it opt, you know, opt in, but you have to separately tell every freaking app, you know, not to track you, rather than default it off so that none of them will ask to track you. And he said, yeah, that's what it is. And I found out at the same time that they used to have the IDFA listed among, like your actual IDFA number was somewhere in the, uh, in your settings. It's not there anymore. You can't see it. So just like, I mean, Apple has been subtracting value from lots of things on the Steve Jobs principle that well, let's not have something nobody needs, you know, or, or that not many people know what to do with, like, like the right mouse button or the middle mouse button. That was the original thing with him, and which is crazy, but there it was. But like, you know, under the Apple menu, there's a thing called recent items. That used to be editable. I suggest anybody with a Mac, you know, click on the Apple menu, go down to recent items. And all you could do now is clear the menu. You can't actually go in and edit them. So you say, wait a minute, here, here are the 10 things I want to remember I was at. Here's my history. No, no, you can either clear the menu or just look at it. And they did a similar thing with their mail app, which just really pissed me off, which because I use it, which is they had a, a, a window called activity. And activity actually gave you a great breakout in real time of everything that was going on with mail. If you have four mail accounts, it's busy downloading one, it's busy making a request to the other. You can see the number of things being downloaded. Now it just gives you one, one little stat, all the rest are gone. They took them out. Like, why? You know, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, that, that's what life is inside the castle. You know, there's, yeah. there's, you know, there's King Tim up there on, on his parapet telling everybody, you didn't need that anyway. You really didn't need that. Or we're just taking care of things. You're private. You actually can go naked. Don't worry. You're inside here. Fine to be naked. We're not looking. And we won't let anybody else look. Take our word for it. Yeah, you know, that's what's going on. And and that's life now. And, and, and one of my feelings about this, and I've said this before, hate to be a broken record on it, but it's really early. I think that the, I mean, the internet's like 25 years old, 26 years old in its current form. We'll be digital for another, what, thousand, hundreds of years, thousands, thousand years maybe, if, if we're still around. Um, I think we're just beginning to figure out what we can do with this. And I think that, you know, this really is like the dark ages. We're still in the dark ages of, of the internet, not of the web, but of the internet. The web is in fact, the feudal system. And we don't have to have the, we don't have to have the feudal system. We can have other systems. So something in the, you know, talking about the, the Apple feudal system, I think you know, it's interesting to, to sort of frame that um, within the context of this Epic Games lawsuit. You know where they they brought a lawsuit yeah. against Apple for, you know, well the bottom line is that they take thirty percent from app developers. We've seen yeah. we've seen that this argument from a lot of a lot of app developers. You know the Hey.com people were um, making a lot of noise about it. Now they're you know the Epic Games. A lot of the this concept of of stay within our walls will protect you you know, from the big bad privacy violators, it's, it's a lot of BS. I mean, a lot of it is just so that they can lock you down and charge, you know, developers 30%. You know, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see if enough app developers can chip away at those walls a little bit. You know, I, I don't know. Apple's, mm. Apple's a powerful entity. Um, and it would, you know, it's it would take one. some, it would take some pretty uh, heavy handed judges, I think, to really, 
to significantly change that that feudal wall situation. But well, yeah, they, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I was I was reading about Tim Cook taking the stand in the epic uh, case, and the judge himself. I think it's himself. Might have been herself. I don't know. But the judge really, according to actually Stephen Levy, um, is a great writer and and um, and a friend, frankly, of Apple in a lot of ways, said that he didn't just roast Tim Cook. Uh, he or she flambated. It's a, it's a she. It's the a she. Is, one. Uh, Wonderful. Her name she flambated. Gonzalez Rogers. Very excellent. Well done. Thank you. So yeah, <laughs> and, and forgive my. My remnant sex. I I just looked it up. (laughs) That would be that would be a guy, but I guess it's a it's a good bet in the sense that the majority are males still, which is too bad. But anyway, yeah. So she she grilled him. She grilled him hard. But it's important to understand that you know one of the thousand tornadoes that is Apple is a B two B business. The the you know its relationship with Epic is a B two B relationship. It's not a B two C relationship. But they can afford to. You know, they can afford to shake down uh, an Epic because they have a captive market in the B2C world, right? A vast captive market there and they can charge what they want. You know, but personally, I think 30% is too high, but it's like, you know, I mean, Apple's, they'll have lots of excuses, but they can afford, they can afford to overcharge because they've got a captive market. When um, Steve Ballmer was at uh, Microsoft, he said, this is back in the mid nineties, he said the secret in any market is to, you know, is to, is to park in an intersection, in a high traffic intersection, set up a toll booth and charge to cross it. That's that's what you need to do in business. And that's what Apple's done here. That's what they did with Windows. That's what they've done with everything. And Apple's no different in that sense, And but they've got a captive market. It, it, it's not fair, but in business, a lot of stuff isn't fair, but it's different. I think it's not of the same, I, I think it's only very peripherally connected to the, the privacy stuff. I, I mean, in, in and the peripher- the Venn there, and it's not a big Venn, is uh, the Venn overlap is that part of what makes that market valuable, what makes the Apple market valuable isn't just its size, but its stability because it's all under the care of one company and that's competent and and effective. And, and that it, you know, one reason those customers are there is that Apple's better about privacy than Another than Google is by some margin. How big is an open question? But but that's the Venn there. Otherwise, it's it's a different thing. It's a B two B business rather than a C two B business. So so you mentioned um, you've mentioned Amazon a couple of times in this conversation, and I wondered if you if we, we should go into um, this. Uh, oh gosh, what's it called? I want to call it sidewalk Amazon sidewalk. I wanted yeah. to call it Amazon pirate for some reason, and I don't know if that was. <laughs> Something yeah. happening in my brain just now. Amazon but. jungle, or <laughs> Amazon, some other thing. Yeah, I, oh, there it is. is it over there? Or is it sidewalk? So, so what's that. Amazon a, sidewalk? It's, my understanding of Amazon sidewalk is is that Amazon wants to turn literally every everyone's Wi-Fi enabled smart IoT, whatever the hell you want to call them, devices into a mesh network, which thus boosts the signal of your neighbors. So your your improves your your neighbor's connectivity or something, but you're automatically opted in until unless you're opted out is the point. So it's basically right. sharing your um, internet connection with your neighbors and you're and sharing sharing the traffic through your wireless devices with your neighbors with with yeah. automatically and you have to opt out. So I think that's 
that's interesting. You know, so one of the, I mean, here's one of, this is what, one thing is tragic about this. And maybe if I can find it and if it's still on the Linux Journal website, because I think in the early aughts, a lot of stuff fell off the Linux Journal website. But there was a real big study that I did with several other people of Wi-Fi in New York. This is like in 2001, two, three, somewhere in there, where you could go around New York City with your laptop open and it would, and it, at least half of the Wi-Fi access points were open. And as Nicholas Negroponte, who was one of the founders of the, um, of the Media Lab at, uh, at MIT put it, having open Wi-Fi and sharing your Wi-Fi with the world was like putting out a flower box in front of your house. It was a, a social grace that you're sharing this with other people. And what happened was, you know, when it became the default that you would have to have a password lock on your access point was really not just because you needed security on your access point, but because bad guys were using it. That was basically it, you know, and it started in the UK. The UK, uh, there was a wonderful service and I, I wrote a piece in the Linux Journal about this called consume.net and it, it listed every one of the people would volunteer in a, in a very Wikipedia way to list on this website, on a map, where all of the open access points were. And um, in fact, I met Ben Hammersley, who's a writer, um, through that, because I was using his access point. And he came over and he says, you're using my access point? I said, yeah. I actually asked him that, because he was talking to somebody else. And he, and he, and he recognized me, he said, oh, you're Doc Searles. I said, yeah, he says, I'm Ben Hammersley. He's a guy I knew only as a writer. And we ended up going to dinner together, having this great time. And it was incredibly warm and open and social. There was something called war chalking that a guy named Matt Jones invented in the UK where you would mark with chalk on a sidewalk using symbols, like with the, with the um, ID of your, of, your, um, uh, of your access point was uh, with no passwords, right? Because there were no passwords then. And it was this great social grace. Well, what's happening now is that, you know, well, that got locked down and maybe that was imperfect in the first place, but what, what's happened with what Amazon wants to do is take that entire social thing and put it inside their, their castle. You know, if you have an Amazon device, um, you could be sharing this with your neighbors and we'll take care of the rest and don't worry about your privacy and the rest of it. And, and it's, you know, they're basically privatized something that was a public grace and it has to happen inside their system. And the funny thing is that the, the coverage of seen on it is all about um, Alexa, you know, and, and going into Alexa's settings and, and setting it to not sharing sidewalk, it's automatically set on. Now I'm sitting here with Amazon's Eero household Wi-Fi system, which is terrific by the way, and works really well and um, is rock steady. And uh, I've got like almost, almost a gigabyte down, but 40 megabytes up, right? So that's pretty good from Cox. Hats off to Cox, they're giving me that. And, and the Wi-Fi system handles that. Is that doing this? Is that busy sharing it with the neighbors? In a way, I don't care if they are, um, but it, it seems to me that the, the social purpose here, which used to be outside of companies, is now inside a company. It's inside, a, it's inside you know, one company's um, feudal system and basically puts Amazon into passively almost into the ISP business. 
suddenly and they don't have to they don't have to pull any fiber <laughs> they don't have to do anything you know if you've got an alexa you've got an eero i'm presuming eero is part of it uh you you know you're you're part of this whether you want to be or not and you know and who knows how they're going to leverage things after that they're certainly following you you know so you know and that's part of their system they're very big in the advertising business too yeah i'm, yeah. I'm actually so uh, apparently ring devices are part of it and in theory there you you can opt out from the ring app although i can't figure out how to do it yet <laughs> perhaps yeah, that will be a this. blog post <laughs> on our podcast website yeah. um here here's how, here's how i finally figured that one out um but yeah it's 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 uh, you know apparently any amazon device i don't, I don't know how many others well, other than echoes and, and sidewalk and i don't get anything there i can find um ring sidewalk yeah so yeah so the ring there's a uh a landing page on the ring website about amazon sidewalk Oh, hey, here's a nice uh, link to a tutorial. How to disable Amazon Sidewalk network on Echo and Ring. Perhaps I will include that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, it, it's, so if I look here and I see, I'm looking at Eero now, not there. Well, they may not have included Eero with this and Eero would make the most sense, <laughs> you know, because it's the one that's already doing Wi-Fi for you. Right. So. Um, oh, here we go. Open control center, tap sidewalk oh let's see sidewalk oh here it is amazon sidewalk enable sidewalk to improve connectivity and reliability for your sidewalk compatible devices i'm going to tap this and see what happens nothing welcome this is to in amazon, amazon someplace Wait, where <laughs> this is this is in my ring app which, which, oh, is, uh, ring, yeah. which is for my doorbell <laughs> i'm trying to yeah. do it in i might need to because i'm on i'm on ethernet here so i'm not on on wi-fi if i was i'd maybe open up um, Eero and go there. Uh, but yeah, I, I, the thing is, you know, also without our own dashboard of our own privacy settings, whatever those are, you know, with our own, you know, I've said this too many times, but we all wear clothing to protect our privacy and we don't have clothing online. And, but if we had it, or if we had a way to control it, you know, we'd, we just make a global setting, you know, no company is going to share my bandwidth or whatever it is they want to share. They're not going to, they're not going to be able to follow me around. I mean, whatever it is. And we don't have a global way to do that outside of any company, which is a fundamental design problem with client server. It's up to the yeah. servers. As long as it's always up to the servers, you know, it's one of the last things I wrote for Linux Journal, as a matter of fact, was, which is if your privacy in the hands of others, you don't have any. And there we so this are. is actually this is interesting. Sorry, back to back to sidewalk. So the the, the support article on the ring.com site implies that I need to opt out of sidewalk. But looking at it here, I actually have to opt in because it's saying, you know, if you're interested in sidewalk to get started, just add one of the sidewalk enabled devices below. So I don't know if this is something that's changed or it's something about my specific configuration, but I mean clearly the app knows about the camera that I have and it uses it and it accesses it. So I'm just kind of surprised it's not automatically opted in. So maybe this is a change of policy that's happened suddenly or maybe not. I don't know, it'll be interesting to see. Perhaps by next time I will have figured this out. And on that note. <laughs> and on that note, 
Yeah, join us next time. Where we I mean, life, finally you know, figure out the life in 1345, because that's where we are right now. It's like, you know, we don't, we, we barely have the Magna Carta. The, the, the ink on the Magna Carta hasn't even, isn't even dry for the, for the web that we have. It may not even be written, you know, there, we haven't hauled all of the King John's, you know, into the field by the Thames to, to sign <laughs> the thing. But, uh, I wish I knew the Magna Carta better, but basically it was an agreement between the, you know, the, the lords and the kings, as it were, and somebody from the UK will correct me on that, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it's, you know, this is, the internet should be about people and not about companies alone, and we should not be at the mercy at all times. Well, I think there's our pull quote. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. And on exactly. that note, thank, th thank you everyone for listening. And um, please reach out to us. You can make comments <laughs> or you could just email us. Um, we appreciate any and all feedback. Uh, topic suggestions would be great. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>